on page 81, page 81, and probably the most asked, one of the most asked questions possible about Shabbos candles is, what if you forgot to light? What do you have to do? I'm sure you've heard many different things. Any, yeah, oi. <laughs> I is right. So let's see, let's see what the post can have to say about this. Let's see. Um, as it, it might be very different what they were discussing in their day as opposed to our day, and we'll discuss all of that. So we're on page 81 at the bottom of the page, source 23. This is where it all begins with an individual known as the Maharil. Uh, it's an acronym, not the Maharal, but the Maharil. And he is the first, I believe, to discuss this question. Um, and he writes as follows. It's a little bit choppy the way he, way he writes, but let's, let's, let's read it together. Source 23. Nishal, it was asked, Bas achos de Mahari Sego, the niece... The daughter of the sister of the Maharil, Al Isha de Mishtala, a woman who forgot, Shashacha Shashaga, she forgot by mistake, Velohi Lika Ner and she didn't light her Shabbos candles. The Horala and the Maharil ruled, he paskined, Vishala Meduda Veshivala. She asked him in a measured fashion and he responded to her. It's like almost, it's written in a very poetic uh, fashion. Um, and here's the key words that she should be careful all of her life. That she should add whatever she would normally like, she should add to what she was accustomed to. According to their measurements. So what does it mean according to their measurements? What that means is, let's say she would light five candles. Bishira means she should light, well, what he's saying, Bishira means the same measurements. That means she would now light ten candles. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll go through all the sources. Don't, don't, don't leave yet. Okay, but this is what the Maharil is saying. The Maharil is saying that Bishira, you have to light the same amount. Okay? Adata. Okay? Then he continues. Uh, okay, you really have to hold on to your seat for this one. Umasai shi'ira tanisa. And whenever she encounters a fast, okay, visvada az, and she visvada az, and she would do vidui during this fast. Tisvada gamkein alavera zu. She should also do vidui on this avera. Okay, she should also confess vimritzona laharbos tanas alkacha. And if she wants to add additional fasts. And to uh, cause herself to be like pains, to cause atonement, Tavo Aleha Bracha, great blessing will come upon you. Wow, look at all your faces. Okay. Uh, so okay. So you have to keep in mind this is is writing this in a in a world where fasting was a normal practice. They talk about, you know, for this sin you make this many fasts, and this sin you make this many fasts. And this was done by both the men and women. Keep in mind they also ate like a fraction of what we ate on a normal day, a fasting for them. Eh, wasn't as, as crazy as it is for us. Uh, unfortunately, you know, for whatever. It wasn't as much of a difference. Bottom line is, in the ancient world, certainly in the, in the German Ashkenazic world, where this is written, this, uh, the, fasting was a way of life. Fasting was very much a way of life. It was part of their religious experience. This was true for all the faiths in that area. That's what was a normal thing. They, they fasted. They fasted. They, they, they hurt themselves as a way of atonement. Um, the later authorities say, not for us. Now for us, so we're certainly not talking about the fasting part. That you could just ignore. It's a little interesting historical tidbit. I would not, I would, it's not just not encourage, I would discourage anyone going that far at all. What we are seeing is that he's writing if a woman forgets or a man forgets to light Shabbos candles, they should light the same amount of candles that they would normally light. As we'll see, that itself is a matter of disputes, but yes. So, I mean, in the English, in the square bracket, it talks about double the amount of oil because they didn't have Yes, yes, according to the Maharil, good point, and we'll come back to that, and that is that the Maharil is saying double up. So it doesn't necessarily mean they have to go ahead and light additional candles. What you could do is add shi'uram. You could add the measurement, you can add the amount. So instead of it lasting for three hours, now it's going to last for six hours, right? So that would also be a way of doing so. Each candle now would have to be, each uh, you know cup that holds the oil would have to be larger or would have to fill them up. Oh, that too, right? Exactly. So you'd be able to just double up the, the, the amount of time it would light as opposed to adding an extra candle. And we'll see the postgame do incorporate that idea as, uh, as, as an application of this maharil. Okay, let's see. Not everyone agrees this. The Ramah. Yes, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm is the concept that it's a punishment? Because the fast seems to say that. Or is it like... A tikkun of adding more light in the world. Okay, so so we'll see. He certainly seems to describe it as a as a form of a punishment. We'll see. Not everyone really goes along those lines. Yeah, yeah. It's a, we'll come back to that point as well. So source twenty four. Haisha sheshacha pamachas lahalik. A woman who forgot one time to light. Malekes koyomeha shlosha neros. 
she shall light her, uh, during the rest of her life three candles. The assumption of the Ramah over here is that it's a woman. Remember, the Ramah wrote the minag for, that he wrote about, the main minag that he wrote about, was for people who write, light two candles. And so therefore, you're adding one candle, okay? Um, the, so therefore, the idea would be if you normally light whatever, five, four, whatever it is, you would light one additional candle, right? So he's agreeing to the Maharil that there is some form of extra, but whereas the Maharil said you double up, whatever you were doing, you now multiply by two, whether it's more candles or more oil or more wax, right? He's saying you just add one candle, okay? It's possible to add a number um, intended to correspond to something else. Okay, he's, he's coming to, uh, so you just can't subtract. Okay, he basically says that even though the two candles are shamar v'zachar, and therefore it would seem to like throw it all off, if you're going to add a third candle, he's saying, no, the third candle is there for an additional reason. And therefore, it doesn't, like, it doesn't make the whole candle lighting all, you know, wrong. Meaning, again, his minhag, the minhag that the Ramah was most accustomed to, was lighting two candles. So he's coming to address the fact that it may seem strange to have three candles. He says, no, you, the two candles are for Shamar Vizachar, for, you know, the two, the doubling of Shabbos. And then the third candle is for this extra candle that has to be lit. He's just pointing out, don't be bothered about three candles and it, it's seeming strange. That's allowed. And according to the Ramah, if you have the minhag of lighting five candles, the Ramah would say, light six candles, you know, add one candle. Yes? Do you have any other place in Halacha where somebody right. forgot to do something right. and they're punished for it? So we'll see if it's a, it's a punishment. So the short answer is there, sort of, sort of. You have a similar, you have somewhat of a similar thing when you forget to daven. You dive in twice the next time. That, that, that's but more I'm making it up. Right that's more. Hey, hey, I didn't write this. All right, guys? Okay. <laughs> so, so we'll see. It, it, it's not, I wouldn't call it a minhag. The, the Ramah and the Maharil are poskining this way. I want to be clear. We'll see. Kill me when we're done. Okay, let's, let's go through all the posts. But you're right. To, to your, yes, yes. Same thing with Erev Tavshelen, like if you forget to make it Erev, then you like then you so much rely on the rabbi. Right, but but you're not. You can only get to do it one time. So Karen's right. Karen's right. And in other words, the simple read of the post is that you you can't you can't rely on the community. Many post are are rather lenient about that, but there is there is the same concept of like a punishment. Some form of a punishment. Some form of a punishment. Okay. Again. I just want to point out, if it's a house where there are men, it would be the same there. The man would have to light the extra candle. I just want to point that out. Just want to point that out. Okay. Just pointing that out. marries and then it's going to all be his wife's fault. Oh, now that's the question. All right. No, if he gets... No, he doesn't... No, 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 no. If he's not lighting anymore, then... No, no, I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Okay, okay, wow, okay. Let's go a little further. We'll see what the ultimate psak is. And uh, yes. It actually means there's going to be more light in the home. So I Thank you, Beth. <laughs> it, it, seems like, it seems like it would make the home more pleasant and brighter. So I, it's confusing to me. It's like a misalignment of its center. Well, you're, well I, 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 yeah, yes, there is. The, the, the result is that there is more light. I think what's bothering many of the people here um, is that at the end of the day, it's an imposition to have more light, and therefore it seems unfair. Um, that why this halacha, if a person forgot to put on tefillin, they don't put on like double the, you know, put Rashi and Rabbeinu Tom now for the rest of their lives. Whereas you could say, hey, it's more mitzvos. I think, so I hear you. And if they think at the same time, people are bothered by the fact that where do we see, what are, are there parallels where there is such a knas, uh, such a, such a punishment of some sorts? Yes, Cyril. Then yeah. It's an insignificant expense. What? Today. 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 Correct. Uh, then, C- correct. When this was written, though, it's a, a, a fair. And we'll come back. There's another factor which we might change things for today, which we'll get to. Um, but, but you're right. For nowadays, it's certainly less problematic. For when this was written, this was a significant expense. You know, the Gemara is talking about, you know, the person we're going to get to Hanukkah. You'll have only enough oil for one Hanukkah candle or Shabbos candle. But you're right. Nowadays, it's not... Thank God. We live in a good world. Uh, not, not just, I don't think any... Agreed. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. Very, very good points. Yes. I don't, I don't 
I hear. I hear. Belittling. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know of any parallels. I I I, I hear you all. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. Nothing. The chal is aser, but you know, nothing happens. Not the rest of your life. Right, but there, there, I imagine there's something built in. I, let's, I mean, let's try to think about this. Let's, let's, let's. Okay, we hear. Let's try to think like why this would be. So, meaning, let's just use a contrast with Chala. Chala is an example where there would not be an imposition, but there, the Chala is always going to be usher, forbidden, until you take it away. You don't need an extra. You perhaps the argument is you don't need something extra because. It's there. Meaning perhaps, I don't know, but perhaps the idea is the Shabbos candles and, and there is that universal and clearly historical uh, rush to light those Shabbos candles. And therefore, there'd be this extra, there's this sense of needing something extra because of the difficulty of lighting. Perhaps, I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, let's try to conjecture. I mean, I, I, I'd be hard, pre- maybe, maybe, okay, I guess I, I get it. I'm the male in the room, but I, I, it would be hard to imagine. There's just like, let's find the one mitzvah that women do and try to find a knas there. Are there any other could be, okay, it could be. Or alternatively, alternatively, can we come up with, you, because if I say it, it's not going to be as meaningful, but can we come up with uh, p- other possible reasons why Shabbos candles might be different? I don't know, something to think about. <laughs> yes, Shelly, then I think Sarah's. Shabbos candles are different because it's a mitzvah a woman does that affects a man. In other words, if, if she forgets to light candles and that's the only light in the home, then the man's going to be... If she forgets to go to mitzvah, the man's gonna be put out by it. Okay, let's. Let, okay, this is a. I I I'll be honest. I usually try to think about questions that come up before. I completely. I did not research this as I should have. No. Let Let's go for a little further. Let's think about this. I'm gonna look into it. I encourage you to think about it. Look into it as well. Maybe next week we come back to this discussion. Um, let's see what the psak is. But it's a very very valid point uh, that I think you're all bringing up. And let's 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 think about it. Let's come back to it. Okay. Let's see how the uh, some others paskin. Let's look at the Mishnah Bura in source 25. Shloshanero says the Mishnah Bura. Myri b'shayis regila b'shnayim. The the Mishnah Bura points out that when the Rama said that. She would go from two to three. It's specifically when she was accustomed to two. Of course, as I spoke out, if she was accustomed to three, she would then have to go and light four. And let's say someone forgets a number of times. Each time, you'd have to add another candle. Vakol, what's the reason? Okay, so whereas the Maharil, he's saying something different than the Maharil said. The Maharil said it seemingly, it seemed, sounded like, sounded like, although it wasn't explicit, it was more of like a punishment. He says, Mishum Knas. What is that? In order to ensure, in order to ensure the, the care around the honor of Shabbos. He understands that it's basically meant as some form of a deterrent in order to ensure, in order to remind uh, the necessity of lighting those candles. Valkane, and therefore he concludes, um, there's halachic ramifications. Imnensa velohilika. Let's say it was an onus. An onus is a scenario which was beyond a person's control. Kigon shahaisa bevesa surim Okay, he gives a pretty extreme example. A woman who was in jail. Okay. Correct, certainly, right, right, uh, certainly a person in scenario, scenario like that, or a you know, person who is a hostage, etc., etc., of course, you would not need to add. Now, the postgame, later postgame, do discuss other scenarios which are far less uncontrollable, right? Being in jail is like, that's extreme. Stuck in traffic, it happened to me. Okay, right, so the question is right, so many postgame, you know, even let's say sleeping, going to sleep on Friday, whoever took a nap on Friday afternoon, but let's just say it could happen. It happens. You know what happens a lot on yamtiv when it's a two-day yamtiv and a person's sleeping in the afternoon and and basically you sleep in, you sleep in, you wake up and whatever, it's later, right? So so is that an onus? Is that not an onus? Many postkim say that it could be an onus. You know, you assumed, you know, it was nor- a normal scenario where again, let's say you're stuck in traffic, you weren't supposed to be, uh, you know, it was a scenario where an all, you know, based on the normal traffic patterns, you should have been home with plenty of time to light. So that would be considered an onus. Okay, so there is discussion about, we're not, without getting into all the details, but there is a lot of discussion about what's an onus as opposed to I'm just walking around my house and all of a sudden it's Shabbos, right? That's not, that would not be considered onus. Yes? So, I mean, if Miss Lily falls on the whole family, so if she's stuck in jail, why is someone not laying to her at mm-hmm. home? Or why, I mean, if, if she's stuck in traffic... Yeah. Some, or she falls asleep. Shouldn't someone else also be what, Whatever that scenario is, but 100%, 100%. In a scenario... Is it that she's not lighting or is it that the family isn't lighting? 
It'll be on the family. It'll be on the family. Let, let's, I mean, he's talking about a scenario where it's just her, let's just say. But 100%, if there's a scenario where someone is stuck in traffic, uh, you know, let's say it's a scenario where there's a man and a woman in the house, typically the woman lights. But in a scenario where some, the wife is not home or when a woman's not home, then, then 100%, the man should be lighting. Whatever his scenario is, which clearly precludes that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. In a scenario where, uh, you know, it, it, the mitzvah is for there to be candles and have this, again, I think we spoke about this last week. If, if there are only men living in the house, they must light Shabbos candles. You know, this is a big mistake that people make. Uh, but you, they must light Shabbos candles. Yes? I was just going to say, it actually happened to us. We were going to five towns or something like that and there was an accident and it was like a seven hour drive. So you couldn't even have... And the person we were going to called her Rav who said that she should light for me, but that I should say the bracha when I got there. Even though it was Shabbos. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, it wasn't Shabbos. We stopped and then we walked the rest of the way. But wow. saying, it was Shabbos. We went to Shabbos. And he said, I should say the bracha on the lit candle. Interesting. Interesting. You have a similar concept by... Well, okay. Well, we'll call, there, there is, you know... There is a chakira, there is a question that's asked about what is the, what is the mitzvah of Shabbos candles, and this will play a significant role in a couple of halachos. Is it the lighting of the candles, or is it having candles lit, right? Uh, so we'll come back to that discussion, but that is like in, in the world of, uh, you know, lumdis, of when they talk about like what is the, the mechanics of candle lighting. Is it that I'm lighting the candle, although that's the words of the brachos, right? or is it more, although those are the words, is it more about the fact that there is a candle lit? And we'll see, there's some very important ramifications for that. Yes? Yeah, that, that, that's, that's the sentiment we're hearing over here. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, that, that, that's, you know, we're, we're more likely to forget something than, than men. So. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. But yeah, it seemingly is writ- seems written as a deterrent. Yes. I'm going to go further. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Good. Excellent. Maybe, maybe we haven't, we haven't, we haven't gotten too far. <laughs> let's go, let's, let's continue, let's continue. I'm not, we'll see. I, 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 sh- maybe they asked the wrong rabbi. Uh, it's a call. So let's, let's, let's go a little further. Let's go, let's go to um, source 26. Let's, let's see what, uh, let, let's see some other sources on this. Okay. Um, okay. So says, uh, says Malam Lahowil. Okay. This is Rav David Hoffman, uh, major, uh, major, uh, thinker and postig um, in Germany. So he says in source twenty six, Isha Acha Shech. There is no, uh, yes, there is electricity. It's not like the same to the same degree we have, but yes, as we'll see, he's going to talk about electricity as well. Isha Achas Shishacha Shlihalik Beis Neros Shiragila Halik the Shabbos. The woman forgets to light the candles that she normally lights on Shabbos. Amnam Bala Hidlik Dalaneros Gaz Flamen. Okay, which means gas lights. Okay, okay. So you have a scenario where someone opened the lights for Shabbos, right? You're gonna have your meal in the dining room, right? So one member of the household goes ahead and lights, uh, you know, turns on the lights in the dining room. But it's in that same scenario, the woman forgot to light the Shabbos candles. So what's the what, what does she have to add candles? So the answer is tshuva. Davar pashatu shiyotzin begaz flamin yedei mitzvahs ner shal Shabbos. So he says, first of all, we want to be clear that you 100% can fulfill the mitzvah of Shabbos candles with gaz lights. Uchemosh apirish b'shut beis yitzchak chelik yudal etc. Diacholin levarich begaz licht v'chein b'electric licht. You're allowed to make a bracha on both gas and electric lights. V'chein pashut shem achar madlik b'shvila. And if someone lights 
for her, there's no need to add, right? So people asked before, if someone else lights, you know, in this scenario Karen was talking about, or in a scenario in a home, a person's not able to light, a person's running around, say, like, could you light for me? 100%, you fulfilled your obligation, there's no question about it. There is one opinion that says that if, let's say, you normally light uh, five candles, and one Shabbos you only light four candles, okay, then you have to go and add on extra candles, but he says that, most disagree and say no. As long as some candles were lit, even if it's not the normal amount, then uh, you know you're fine. So again, let's just summarize what he's saying in this paragraph. First, he's just trying to clarify: gas lights, you fulfill your obligation. Electric lights, according to him, you fulfill your obligation. Okay, and if someone else were to light for her, she fulfills her obligation. The scenario over here, though, is where no one's lighting for her. The husband went ahead and lit the candle, the, the lights. He put on the lights in the dining room, right? He wasn't doing it for Shabbos candles. He was doing it so they'll have light in the room, right? And he says, technically, if he would have been doing that for her, then he would have fulfilled her obligation. But that wasn't the scenarios, right? So let's keep on reading. Venira. He says something very interesting over here. He says, let's say, so if she were to add a candle... It would be like a little bit, uh, it would cause some problems. Let's see, look at this problem. Let's say they have two silver <laughs> candlesticks. Let's say you're adding a candle, okay? And the only thing you have is like, you know, uh, whatever, a tea light, right? And that's going to be the extra one you have. You can't afford to go and buy an extra silver one right now. It's going to look a little funny, right? You don't want your Shabbos candles to look funny. You could be lenient. That's a, a fascinating kula. I've never... German? He's German. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so things have to write. Do you ever follow the scenario? He's talking about a scenario where, let's say you say, you know, you have these two, uh, let's say your candelabra has, you know, let's say, you, I don't know, you have a, a candelabra, which has, you know, the amount of candles you normally light. light. And now you're going to have to go and add a candle. You can't add it to the candelabra so easily. Or you can't go ahead. You can't afford to go ahead and buy another silver piece to match. And so you're going to end up having like, uh, you know, some random tinfoil, you know, those uh, things with, with a candle. It's not going to look nice. It's not going to look nice for Shabbos. He says, you can be lenient. Fascinating. Fascinating. But that's what he says. Okay. Okay. So he says, or two very important things. One, and this was brought up earlier, that you could add the amount of oil. He's assuming you're lighting oil. So instead of adding an additional candle like we saw in the Ramah, he's saying do what the Maharil said. And instead of adding an extra candle, add some extra oil to the, to the candles that are already being lit. Or or she could give the value of an additional candle to the challah fund. What's the challah fund? That's basically the tzedakah fund. Instead of lighting extra candles, there is an additional leniency. The whole goal is to be some form of a reminder and therefore act as a deterrent. So if that's the case, instead of actually lighting, many people have a custom to give tzedakah as it is when they light, give a little bit more. How much does it cost for a candle? A quarter? I don't know. How much does it cost for a candle? Not much, right? Um, so basically add a little bit more tzedakah Every week. That's what it would be. It would be every week instead of having the candles lit. But then he says, But to exempt without anything, But he says there has to be some form of imposition. Okay, okay. What's it called? He says there has to be some form of knas. He says to simply go ahead, even though, again, let's think of a scenario. He's saying even though the husband or someone else lit candles in the dining room, and therefore there's light there. Um, and even though you could fulfill your obligation through that, he says there still has to be some form of a fine. And he says if it's not adding oil, you should give some extra tzedakah. You should do something as a way of having a fine. So this is the first of the postkim that speak about what happens in our modern day homes where there are lights. And his response is, if there are lights, just because there are lights does not uh, avoid, even though now you still have light in the house, you still have a fine. There should still be a fine uh, to ensure, uh, to act as a deterrent. Yes? I, I, I hear you. I hear you. I, um, a common thing they had to step in. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know of the history. I can't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. If the husband actually said the, like you said that if the lights, 
that it doesn't apply if the lights were on, but only if he did it with shame Shabbos. But I don't see that in the text anywhere. Oh, he said, he, well, he, yeah, because he, he said, It is clear if someone else lit for her, she does not need to add. He's referring, he's saying in that scenario, if had he turned on the lights and done it for her, right? That's reason. Does that assume that if he had just turned on the lights, it doesn't It does not that, count. Okay, it does not count, just, right? Okay. But I will point out, I don't know why he only brings it to the footnotes, but the Shemir Shabbos Kolchaso says, a very important uh, application, Shemir Shabbos Kolchaso says, okay, Maybe if the lights were just on. But if someone goes ahead, you're going through your house and you're putting on your lights in order to ensure that there's lights in the areas that you're going to be eating, right? And you put on lights, you know, whether it's in the kitchen, you're going to have some food over there. In the dining room, you're going to be eating your Shabbos meals, let's say. And you put on lights over there. Even though you didn't do it for the sake of Halakos Nero Shabbos, the Shemir Shabbos Kalchasa says, 100%, you're fine. That's for Shabbos. But it says specifically for Shabbos. Correct. I'm not saying a bracha again. So let's 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 distinguish. So basically, in the Rav David Tzvi Hoffman says, if the, a person puts on lights in your house, right, for the sake of Shabbos, but it wasn't for Shabbos candles, that's still not enough. That's still that was the opinion we're seeing up above. The Shemir Shabbos Kelchaso says that if lights were turned on in the home for the sake of Shabbos, husband, wife, somebody in the house, doesn't matter. Someone turned on lights for the sake of Shabbos, right? They didn't do so with the sake of booing for Shabbos candles, but they want to make sure there's light in their dining room when they're going to have their Shabbos meal, right? Doing so 100% fulfills their mitzvah. Uh, again, we don't do that lichat chila, although we'll talk about that, but then you wouldn't, this whole idea of knas wouldn't apply. Again, one of the main things is having lights in the room and therefore it would not apply. Yes? So this only probably applies in my house, but the Alexa turns on the lights for Shabbos. Like five minutes before Shabbos, Alexa turns on all the lights. On her own? On her own. Okay. Set to set off the lights. But a human program has to do that. You have to tell her? You have to tell her? No. A human programmed her once. According to all the Shabbos times, mm-hmm. then she will turn on the lights. Right. So let's say somebody forgot yeah. to light. So nobody with their hands turned on the lights right. in our home for Shabbos. Right. Right. So, so it, it, yeah, according to, according to uh, what's it called? According to Shemir Shabbos Kolchasa, that probably wouldn't suffice. So it'd have to be okay. someone turning it on, okay. probably. But we'll see. We're not done. We're not done. Let, let's go through a few more post and then we'll take some questions. Is that okay? I know there's a bunch of hands. I just want to make sure we cover a little bit more ground. Um, okay, so so far we've seen two opinions. Um, okay, let's look at Chazon Avadia. This is from Avadi Yosef, source 28. Um, Okay, nowadays, okay, now we've, we've, we've moved to, you know, more or less contemporary. He says, where there is electricity throughout the whole house. If she forgot to light her Shabbos candles, you don't have to add anything at all. He says, at the end of the day, what's the issue? The issue is to ensure what we spoke about a number of the reasons behind lighting Shabbos candles. One of them was to make sure that there is light in the house so people aren't stumbling over each other. Assuming the lights were on in your home, you're fine. Even though, and he's going further, right? Ravadia is saying, even though no one lit the candles and no one turned on the lights, so Alexa or whatever, you had a Shabbos timer, whatever it's going to be, and they are on timer. He says, as long as there's light in the house, the fact that she, a woman or a man didn't make a bracha on the neiros is not ma'akev. And therefore, he says, this whole thing is not an issue. Okay, let's look at, uh, that's the Sephardic postic. We'll see Ashkenazi postkim agree as well. Source 29. Kivan, this is from uh, Rabbi Ribiat's book, 39 Malachos. Kivan, da'al kalpanem becheder sha'ochlem v'yoshvim. Yesh or. Since nowadays, there is light in the room where people are eating and sitting. Vim ke'in kvar niskayim kolatanem shalachiyuv. And therefore, Almost on its own, the obligation was already fulfilled. If the main reason for lights is honor and pleasure, right? So I don't know about you, my house, my dining room lights are not always on, but before Shabbos, they're going to be on, right? And you're going to have, and therefore you have kavod, that's honor for Shabbos, and oneg in the sense that I have lights on in my, in my dining room so I can now enjoy my meal. Ika, it's all there. The third reason given in the postkim was peace in the house. If there are lights on in the house, no one's falling over themselves, right? Those are the three reasons. Kavod, Oneg, Shalom Bayez. Electric lights fulfill all those obligations, whether someone turned them on or not. If they're on, that's all there. And he heard that there are, there are those who paskin to be lenient, um, and, and certainly if it's close to Ones. Meaning, before we saw Ones as like jail, and now we're saying, 
uh, we're going to slide that scale because already there's so much more leniency. And this is the ruling, by the way, of Rav Yashiv and others. The bottom line is, the bottom line is that... Um, you know, there's certainly what to rely upon. And I, I would tell someone, unless it was like a pshia, you know, unless a person like deliberately did not want to light candles, which we're not, we're not talking about. A uh, person, whatever, something happens, uh, there is, you know, a mistake. It's a mistake. Uh, many, many, many postgim, uh, contemporary postgim say, as long as there are lights on in the area you were eating, as long as there are lights on, which is the main area, as we'll talk about the, where you have to, you're obligated, then this knas uh, would not apply according to many poskim, and you could just continue lighting the regular Shabbos candles. Okay, so although, again, there are those who disagree. Some people, you know, maybe are lighting an extra candle, and that's fine. We see why. There are, there are different poskim. Uh, we saw David Svi Hoffman, who acknowledged that we have electric lights and still said the knas still applies. That said, there are those who say, no, once electric lights were introduced into the house, and once you have light, other lights already in the areas they're going to eat, the entire concern of the knas um, isn't there. And therefore, assuming that people, you know, there'll be, there'll be lights on in the house, we don't have to worry about this, and therefore the knas falls away. Yes? Okay, so my first question is, um, I, I remember being in seminary and, and visiting my cousin, and uh, who was who a... He was already a rob. And he said when he was a bacher, he would make a bracha on an electric light. Not necessarily light in the dining room because he, didn't, he, he was like in a dorm and mm-hmm. probably didn't have a kitchen or an eating place. So he would make a bracha on even like the bathroom light from outside the bathroom. And that <coughs> was his hagakatni room. Mm-hmm. So why can't any woman, any who, who says, uh oh, um, just make a bracha on the electric light, which is what I always assume, you know, I, I should do. A hundred percent. Yeah, we have, so, so far, it, uh, whatever the reason the light is there, even if it's the, you know, even if it's a different light, the outside light, whatever, Right, it would have to be a light that in some way is, is inside the house and is, yeah, but yeah, well, that's the next topic, that you could 100% make the bracha. The scenario that we're talking about is a person who, you know, let's just say was sleep, whatever, whatever it was, they forgot completely, and now it's like the middle of the Shabbos, and like, so you're saying, can you make the bracha on Shabbos? Okay, so, 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 okay, so, do, meaning, let's, let's, let, I mean, the scenario, let's just, two possibilities. One is, let's say you, let's say you missed that, meaning that would be the scenario, meaning Shabbos morning you wake up, whoops, can you make the can, lighting? No, there's this man for, for Hadlaka. Uh, but even there, I mean, I need to look into this, what, what you're both mentioning about making the bracha before, on when Shabbos starts. Um, I, I never looked into it, it could be. Um, but the question would still be, do you fulfill, if, meaning if you had intent, right, before, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. In other words, is, does that suffice? Granted, even if you could make the bracha on Shabbos itself, would that suffice to say, I did not forget? If let's say I did so on Shabbos. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yes. We'll get into that a little bit now. Yeah. Right. So, so according to this approach from Rav Yashiv and Rav Avadia, et cetera, and, and Rabbi Ribiat, that's fine. The point is, as long as there are lights there, even if they weren't, right, three, there, there are, you know, so, so Rav David Hoffman was saying they have to be lit, they have to be turned on for the sake of it. And therefore, to, in, according to Rav David Hoffman, whether they're on already or they're on a timer or whatever it's going to be, you do not fulfill your obligation. According to the Mekilim, according to the lenient views, they'd say even if the lights are just on, you walk into a house, is it Shabbos stick? It's Shabbos stick. There's kavod. Can you say a bracha on it? Can you say a bracha on it? So we'll, we'll get into saying a bracha. Are we talking about bracha or are we talking about... I heard what you said. No, no, I'm not talking about saying a bracha. You're talking about onus. So okay, that, not, yeah. yeah, according to this discussion, they're saying you 100% fulfill your obligation. And the thing that we're saying about, like, not that you're going to necessarily live him for Shabbos on purpose, but now, like, a lot of our life will be our obligation. Mm-hmm. We still have to so let's see. Let's let's now next next discussion. What you want to use the lights? We're gonna get into that discussion right now. Okay. So let's let's begin on page eighty five, source thirty. Um, we have a Mishnah that, that many people say, as many people have a custom to say on Friday nights in middle davening. Uh, the Mishnah says as follows: We'll just read it in English. Um, with regard to types of prohibited wicks, one may light neither with cedar bass, nor with uncombed flax, nor with raw silk, nor with willow bass, nor with desert weed, nor with green moss that is on the surface of the water. With regard to types of prohibited oils, one may light neither with pitch, nor with wax, nor with castor oil, 
nor with boiling oil, nor with fat from a sheep's tail, nor with tallow. Nachum Hamadi Omer, one may light with boiled tallow, but the rabbis say both tallow is boiled and tallow is not boiled. One may not light with them. What's this all about? What is this discussion about these different wicks and these different oils? The bottom line is the Gemara explains, uh, this is just the Mishnah, the Gemara explains that all these wicks and all these different substances don't light very well. Okay? Basically, keep in mind, you know, we live, as was pointed out earlier, in such an abundant time where we, can, we have so much access to so many different, forget even electricity, to so many different candles. Back in the day, people were looking for anything to light and to use as fuel. Some things were really lousy. Okay? What's the problem with using a lousy light? One is, one super, not superficial, one lighter reason is it's not so Shabbistic, etc. But there's actually a more primary concern, which is there's a concern I'm going to be playing with the lights to make sure that it goes on on Shabbos. And that could be in violation of a biblical decree, of, sorry, of a biblical uh, prohibition. That if I'm, right, if the light's flickering and I'm going to start adding oil to it or start, you know, moving the match or whatever it's going to be. So there's a concern. If I don't have such a good light, then I'm going to play around with it. And I could come into violating Shabbos itself. And therefore, we have all these types of candles and wicks that are prohibited. Okay. So let's look at source 31. Um, okay. Oh, the Gemara, sorry. The Gemara spelled it, spells it out. Let's read it together. Amarava. Psilo sha'amru chachamim eman likim hamashabis. The wicks that are sages prohibited using for lighting on Shabbos. Mipnei or misachseches bahen. Because the fact that the fire flickers with them. Regarding the oils, which the sages said not to lie with them, because those oils, those different substances, they don't draw effective, they're not drawn effectively by the wick. Again, the idea is they don't, they're not, they don't uh, light so well, and therefore there's a concern that I'm going to play with them on Shabbos, and which would be in violation of a biblical decree. Okay. Now, the Mishnah continues, back to uh, back, so source 32. Rabbi Shmal Omer, a person is not allowed to use tar because of the honor of Shabbos. Tar, if you like tar, it smells bad. Okay, most people don't like the smell of tar and you don't want to have a Shabbos candles which smell bad. And the sages allow all oils what are the, all the oils? Beshemen, shum, shemen, beshemen, agozim, beshemen, tzinonos, beshemen, dagim, beshemen, bakuais, sesame oil, nut oil, turnip oil, fish oil, gourd oil, beitrin of a neft. And they allow tar and even neft, nafta. Rabbi Tarfan Omer, emalikin, beshemen, zayis, bevad. Okay, the, and Rabbi Tarfan comes along and says you could only light with olive oil. Okay? So we have a number of different opinions. We have the sages who say anything goes. We have um, the first opinion. Rabbi says anything goes except if it smells bad. And then we have a saying, you should only light with olive oil. Okay, let's keep on reading. Okay, source 33. This is from, uh, this is further in the Gemara. Rabbi Shmal Omer, Rabbi Shmal says, My taima, what's the reason um, that tar is prohibited? Because the smell is bad. There's a concern that you might go away. You might leave the house. <laughs> okay, so leave the house. Okay, although it doesn't translate so perfectly, but the way the commentators understand the response, he says, no, it's a real problem because there's an obligation to be eating where the lights are lit. And we'll come back to this halacha in more detail in a later week. And therefore, you can't say light the candles and leave the room because then you won't be able to enjoy the Shabbos candles. And therefore, it's important that we do have a pleasant smelling or at least not a negative smelling candle. Again, this doesn't come up. I don't think nowadays, uh, bad smelling candles, but this is the discussion. Okay, fine. So, so far, let's, let's, let's review. Again, we have three opinions. We have one, we have this debate about poor smelling, lousy smelling candles, not so relevant to you and I. We have this debate about using all types of oils slash wax as opposed to olive oil. What's the halacha? Let's look at source 34. Um, this is Tosvo speaking. So says Tosvos, Lener Shabbos, Pshita de Shemen Mitzvah Mina Muvchar. It is obvious Although, Rabbi Tarva, typically when you have a debate between the sages and one person, we typically go with the majority, the sages. Over here, though, he says, it is mitzvah mina muvchar. It's ideal to use olive oil. Why? Okay, because it's drawn after the wick more so than all the other oils. That all agree that one may light with olive oil. Meaning all opinions say olive oil and therefore olive oil is best. Now it's also saying you must. It's not saying you must. He's saying olive oil is best because it lights really well. Okay, now nowadays, what are your thoughts on olive oil over candles? I don't know. Sorry? Messy. I don't know if it lights as well. Frankly, yeah. 
A terrible sense of smell. Okay, could be. I don't know. Uh, yeah, is it people? Yeah, is it like uh, an objective bad smell? That's a delicious smell. Okay, <laughs> but I don't know. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. If it bothers you, if it's something that's going to bother you, uh, based on Rav. If it would, if it would, if it would something a hundred meaning, Tosa is saying it's ideal. Now we have this principle: if something smells bad, or if it's troubling in some way, then a hundred percent. We, shouldn't, we, we do ultimately rule like the sages. They're allowed to light with any candle. There is this idea that Tosva says that Shem and Zayis, let's see in the Shulchan Aruch, is ideal. But again, if it's going to bother you even in the slightest, not like trouble you, but bother you, then 100%, you shouldn't do it based on that, then thinking of the pitch, tar being problematic. Look at, let's look at source 35. Shar kolashmanim, all oils, chutz elu. I mean, except for those that don't light well. Malik behem, you're allowed to light with them. We call makam Shem and Zayis, mitzvah and muvchar. Lighting, with olive oil is best, Okay. Okay, the bottom line is, we can skip the Mishnah, but the bottom line is, nowadays, um, our candles are, are really good. They light really well, and they last really well. I don't know about you, but if you use just like olive oil or a candle, I'd venture to say that a candle is, is far more, uh, you know, certain that it's going to be, remain lit and not have any issues. Um, so many posts can say, it's better to light with uh, a regular candle. A regular candle because of the fact, now olive, because the whole reason that Tosafah says to light with olive oil is what? Is because it lights better. But if you have something else that lights better than olive oil, go for it. Now, the postcom do mention, there are other postcom mention, there's some mystical reasons that lighting with olive oil is preferable. And therefore, some say that even if between your candle or your olive oil, your candle might light a little bit better, but there's other mystical reasons that would still say olive oil is better, and many people therefore have a preference lighting olive oil. Now, I would just mention that there are these cool candles that came out a couple of years ago, which are like wax that turn into oil, Right? They basically, they have olive oil ones. They're like the yellow ones. They're a little greasy. Uh, but basically, they, they are, they're, they're made out of olive oil. They're like congealed olive oil, and they light like a regular candle. And then once they take, they kind of, it's basically all, it's congealed olive oil. Right? You see that sometimes. People use Rechanika, but people sell them for Shabbos candles. And again, therefore, those light amazingly. Right? Those light really well. But the bottom line is, there is, there is a value in lighting olive oil uh, for mystical reasons, as well as the fact that out of all oils, it lights really well. But uh, it's certainly fine to light with candles. And some argue that lighting with candles nowadays is simply better because of the fact that it lights so well. Questions? Yes? Let's see about the time that a candle has to be mm. lit. Important question. We're going to come back to it. We're going to see that in more detail. That's a very important question. Uh, yes? So, some people use these glass uh, candles that you fill with oil, mm-hmm. um, and they sell the paraffin oil, which I find smokes less. The olive oil produces the smoke. More smoke. Right. Uh-huh. So paraffin oil is, I find it pretty odorless, uh-huh. and it certainly flows beautifully. It gives a nice light. Um, so... 100%. 100%. Yeah. So again, want to be clear what comes out of this Gemara and what comes out of this whole let, you should ideally, from, from the, the simple read of the, of the, of the sugya is light with the cleanest, most odorless, uh, or, you know, uh, type, of, type of lights. And therefore, if there's something better than olive oil, go for it. There are those, uh, right? And, and, any, and any type of candle would, 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 suffice, you know, would be fine, whether it's candle, paraffin, whatever it's going to be. Again, there are those who still prefer to light with olive oil based on these mystical reasons. And you'll see many people still lighting with olive oil for that reason. Must you? No. There are arguments to be made that it's not as ideal. Okay. Basically, what I'm basically saying is whatever you're lighting with right now is probably just fine. Actually, for sure, just fine. Okay. Good. Let's now get into electric lights just a little bit, and then um, we'll stop here. Okay. Most most candles used to be made out of tallow. Mm-hmm. Big thing. Oh, tallow candle. Okay. But it says that you're not supposed to use it no matter what. Um, Go back to the original. In the original. In the Mishnah. It says tallow that is boiled and unboiled. And I know like tallow candles are a big thing. Yep. But the the um, both those. Yeah, but the Chachamim, the sages say you're allowed to light with tallow that was boiled or if it was not boiled. They say either way, and that's what we rule. Oh, that I don't know. Animal fat. Okay. Interesting. Well, doesn't it have to be then from a kosher animal? No. Not, not for Shabbos candles. Really? Yeah. You can light from mm-hmm. a not kosher yes. animal? Yes. 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 And that was rather common. This kind of question came up a lot back in the day. Yes. My candelabra at home has three candles. Uh-huh. But when I'm in shul, like Friday night when there's a dinner or something, 
I light two candles. Mm-hmm. Should I light three? No, no, you're absolutely doing the absolute right thing. So that the, the minhag is, regardless of how many we light at home, when we light out of our home, we always light two. That's the normative custom. So you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Okay, yes. We're going to get, yeah, we're gonna have, so we, have a lot, we have a lot still to discuss. We have much to discuss. Yes. That is your home. Like, we're going to get into a good question. We're going to get into a discussion about where a person lights who lives in, let's say, a dorm or like a place. We have a kitchen. Are you eating there? You're not eating there. We're going to get into all those uh, all those details. Uh, whether you're a guest or in your seminary, in your shiva, whatever it's going to be, or in a dorm, is you know where do you light? Or if you're you know, all those things, we're going to talk about that maybe next week or the week after. Yeah. So we'll come, I, I, we'll come back to Sukkot. We'll come back to Sukkot. Okay, let's, let's get into electric lights. And we'll, let's, let's go through electric lights. We'll take some questions after that. I just want to make sure we, we get through it before 9.30. Then I'm, I'm not running anywhere after that. Okay, so a couple of different opinions about electric lights. So first, we'll start with our Bensvi, uh, Bension Abishal, um, one of the great Sephardic post game in Source 37. He says like this, He says, you certainly could fulfill the mitzvah of halakas neiros with electricity or electric lights. Even a fluorescent light that does not contain a glowing wire. He's pointing out that even though there isn't something which is equivalent to a fire, if it has a glowing wire in the middle, like a filament, then that's like a fire. So even if it's not there. However, he says, if it is attached to the wall, meaning it's, it's something which is part of your, your part of your home, then you can't do so. Because let's say you're turning on your lights in your home. Every moment there's new, you know, basically the electricity that's fueling the light is new, which doesn't connect to your original lighting. It's not considered as if you lit the original candle. So what's he saying? What he's saying is that if I light with a battery pack light, so I have a little menorah or whatever, that I have a battery in it. So the fuel is all there. Let's think about your, your typical candle. I light a candle and there's wax, there's oil that's there. So when I lit it, even though I'm not holding my hand to it the whole time, I set something up where the, all the fuel was there right in front of me and therefore that counts. He suggests, and we'll see there are different opinions, we'll get there in a second, but he suggests that if I'm lighting in a way that the full fuel is not before me right now, and it's coming from elsewhere, that's not sufficient. Oh, I know it's going to be coming, doesn't matter. I have to have the fuel in front of me. Or if not, it's not as if I lit those candles. Let's see, others disagree. Others disagree. Let's look at uh, Ravad Yosef um, in Source 39. Okay, Ravad Yosef says in Source 39, Agon Ritzvi Pesach Frank, Bahar Tzvi Alatornis Orbaza, Vikasav Shafilu Nemar Shadafka or Arisham Bamikoho. Even if you say that uh, it's specifically the first light that comes from your actions, and you want to argue that the electric light, meaning a typical light in your house, is not coming from your direct force, a secondary force. He says, that's fine. That's not an issue. The issue brought up by the previous postic is not an issue. Why? We saw this earlier. The main point is that there is light in the house. Look at he's he's, he's being medayik. He's showing the text that the Rambam and the and, and the Shulchan Aruch use is that there must be a lit candle in the house, as opposed to you must light a candle. Right? You see the difference in the language, right? The mitzvah when it comes to Shabbos candles is not the lighting. The issue is making sure that there is a candle that is lit on Shabbos, right? This ties back to our previous discussion, right? If there are lights on already in your dining room, according to Ravadia and other postkim, you fulfill your obligation. And the same would be true for electricity. Even if you want to argue that since the electricity, if you're turning on the lights in your house by flicking on a switch, it's only that first action which is yours and everything else that comes subsequently is not yours as opposed to when it's battery packed, he says, that's fine. The point is that there should be a ne'er delay. And that goes back to the question we had before. Is the mitzvah to light candles? Or is the mitzvah for candles to be 
lit, right? And Ravadia is saying you can use electricity 100% because candles will be lit even if we don't associate your action. So for example, if I go ahead, I don't even have to light them, right? If they're already lit, I technically would fulfill my obligation. If I say, hey Alexa, turn on my Shabbos candles, uh, that would also certainly suffice. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm making sure the candles are lit in the house, okay? Um, fine. Um, let's, uh, should we see this last thing? Um, okay, look, let's look at source 40. Despite that, source 40, in a scenario where you're able to get oil or wax, he says, wait, based on what I just said, shouldn't I just turn on my lights and forget, let's throw the whole Shabbos candle thing out the window. At the end of the day, if the goal is for there not to trip, and the goal is for there to be extra, you know, lights to, to, to honor Shabbos. And it's for there to be enjoying the meal. As long as I turn on my lights, I fulfill my obligation. So one could therefore assume and ask, well, why do I even have Shabbos candles at all? He says, no, it's still better. Why? Keywords. There is some distinct appearance that I'm doing this for Shabbos or Yom Tov. In other words, it's true. I could fulfill my obligation 100%. By turning on the lights in my dining room, 100%. And we'll see there are those who say that turning on your lights might even be the Ikra mitzvah, the main mitzvah. But you also want to show something unique, something special, demonstrating that you are doing something for Shabbos, and therefore we still have candles as a way of showing our kavod. And therefore he says, but based on the fact that our electric lights are so significant, he says, we're going to come back to this point. He says, it's good to when you're lighting to think, to think about the fact that the lights that go on in the house are included in this bracha. In a scenario where you can't light candles, you could 100% make a bracha on electric lights, and you fulfill your obligation of lighting 100%. This comes up often in a hospital, right? In a hospital, you can't bring a candle in, um, or let's say a hotel. Technically, you're not really supposed to be lighting candles there. Um, so you could go ahead, light a candle, and make, make, you make a bracha, whatever. You, you put, on the, put, on the, put on a light over there, put on a lamp, or plug in those things they give you from Biker Cholim, or you don't, need the, you don't need that special thing. If Biker Cholim forgot to go to you, it's okay. Just turn, you could turn on, you could turn on, you know, if you don't want the light in the room being on because it's too bright, you could turn on the light in the bathroom, and assuming it comes out a little bit, and make a bracha on it, and that's 100% fine. That's 100% fine. And we, the only reason we add extra candles is a way of showing our extra kavod. And we'll come back to this discussion of electric lights, God willing, next week. I'm going to stop here. If anyone has any questions, though, I'm certainly happy to take. I think Karen was waiting, and then Sarah, and then Shelly. Yes? So my question was, um, 